So, and, and the scripture reads as thus, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth hath the Lord God of heaven given me, and he hath charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem which is in Judah. Who is there among you all, among you all of all his people? The Lord his God be with him and let him go up. Father, we love you today. We thank you today. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you, Lord. We pray that you would lead and guide and direct the remainder of this service, O God that you would open hearts and minds, Lord, that we would open our hearts and minds to receive your engrafted word, Lord, that you would minister to somebody today, Lord, Lord, a word that they need, a word fitly spoken to them today, that you would have your way, Father, that you would have your way, not our will today, Father, but your will be done, O God, in the remainder of this service. Lord Jesus, that you would use me as your vessel, Father, and that we as vessels would receive what you have to say to us today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated if you'll clap your hands to the Lord. Amen. Let's clap our hands, Lord. We love you today, Lord. Amen. Truly in him we live, live and move and have our being. We can't do one thing without him today. I acknowledge him as my Lord and my God and my Savior today, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so you might ask yourself, why am I reading this scripture? What is this scripture? It's in the it's in the scripture, so it has bearing, it has some weight. And so as you, as I progress through this, you'll see where where this is going to go. And so the title, if you wanted to give it a title for this, is God chooses who He uses. God chooses who he uses. Amen. And, and uh, so in the Complete Word Study Bible, I looked up the name Cyrus because he was a key figure in the Old Testament. I don't know if anybody has not read this, but God used this man as a key figure. It says, the proper noun designating the great king of Persia who destroyed Babylon. What does Babylon have to do with Israel? That's where they were taken when they were taken into into bondage, right? For 70 years. And so Babylon was the place where God chose to, I guess you could say, punish Israel because they just kept disobeying. They just, they just wouldn't listen. And so he sent the Babylonian army, who was also a vessel that was used by God, to persecute and to take their people into bondage. And he told the people through Jeremiah what to do. Don't fight against them. Just let it happen. And things like that. In a nutshell. And and so, but God turns around. See, God's always been in control of his people. Of spirit. We are his spiritual Israel, his natural Israel. He was always in control of the situations that they were in. Even though they found themselves in bondage and they 
probably wondered what's going on. How did this happen? And they didn't really acknowledge that they had brought it upon themselves. And sometimes when we get in situations where it just doesn't seem like God's anywhere around, and how could God let something like this happen to his people, we have to acknowledge that he is totally in control. And in this situation, God was totally in control. And he knew down to the day, the minute, and the hour when he was going to release his people from that bondage in Babylon. And he, he, he didn't send a prophet. He didn't send some godly man. He sent up this paganistic king to do his bidding. And it goes on in the Complete Word Study Bible, and it says this. It says, He was God's instrument both to judge and to force Israel from exile and to rebuild Jerusalem. And that's found in Second Chronicles 36, 22, 23, Isaiah 42, 28, and 45 and 1. And it goes on to say, His heart was moved by God. God can move the heart of any individual, whether they are saved, are lost, are a complete paganistic uh, pagan worshiper like this guy, King Cyrus. God can move on anybody he chooses. He can speak through a donkey. He can direct the life of an individual through, through a donkey. Before the donkey even spoke, the donkey was trying to direct the, that man not, not to go that way. And so God will send a donkey into your life to try to tell you, I don't want you to go this way. Stop trying to go this way. And if we insist, it says his heart was moved by God, Ezra 1, 1 through 8, to let Israel and other peoples return to their homeland. His decree fulfilled Jeremiah's prophecy about the return of Israel from exile. Daniel lived in his during his reign, during the reign of King Cyrus. And so God had this whole situation in control, and he took a man who was in a position of authority and leadership, and he used that man to fulfill it and accomplish his will. Now, you can believe what you want. And I know this is being recorded. But when, when, when this... When people in this country vote a man into office, and that man says, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that there is prayer back in school, I just have to believe that that man was sent by God. Okay? He he might not even acknowledge or even realize that he's being used as a vessel of God to accomplish God's will. And But Cyrus, in this case, he acknowledged it. He said it. He said, God told me to do this in so many words. And not only did God tell him to do it, but he was, as a pagan king, he was obeying the voice of Almighty God in his life and doing exactly what God told him to do. I just find that to be amazing. Although he was not a great prophet and a man of God, he was the vessel that God used. If we could make a list of all the people, the notable people that God has used to fulfill his will throughout the ages, we we could be here 
literally all day. The primary names on the list would be names like Abraham, names that we know, very familiar with, Abraham, Moses, Joseph, David, Esther, Ruth, you know, names that we know. But there's so many people during all of those times and all these well-known names were being involved in the hand and the will of God, that there were others that were being used of God that got little or no mention. Amen? Think about Moses' mother. She's barely mentioned. Think about the Hebrew midwives. The Bible said that, that they were used by the hand of God to keep the young male Hebrews from being killed. And God not only allowed them to be used like that, but when they told the Pharaoh, they're just so lively, we can't keep up with all those Hebrew women. Before we even get there, they're already having the babies. And and God allowed that, that king to believe that and gave those women favor so that he could protect the males because he had a plan. Right? Even the Egyptian Pharaoh... And his sister, who took that baby out of that bull rush and brought him into the house, God was using those people, whether they realized it or not, to orchestrate and bring about his perfect plan. Think about Joseph's brothers. Now, we know that story about Joseph, his brother sold him into slavery and all that, but we just kind of move on from that. But think about that. God used those brothers to orchestrate what he had already been dreaming about. And they had none of them. Even Joseph had no clue. Even his dad had no clue what was, what was going on, what was about to take place. And they had no clue, but who had a clue? God had a clue. He knew that there was a famine coming. And God does everything perfect. He knew who to orchestrate to be in that place. He knew Joseph was his man. And even Joseph, when he was having those dreams, didn't know, didn't understand what the dreams all meant. None of them did. Because had they known, they would have never, we would not have that story. So God made it so they didn't understand, didn't know. He allowed all that to happen. And so those 12 brothers had a part in God. Think about wicked Haman. Wicked Haman. God used him. Potiphar. God used him to put... He had to be the one to put Joseph in jail so that Joseph could be there for that butcher and that baker. Or the the baker and the... Whatever, the guy. Those two guys, right? And those two guys had... I mean, you think about every little detail of those circumstances and situation was worked out exactly, precisely the way God wanted it to be. And we just think about the the big name people. But God had all kinds of people involved in this. Think about Bathsheba. That was a bad thing. King David was, he was one of those great honorable mention. He had to He had that affair with Bathsheba. He committed murder just so he could get the girl. And we just kind of pass over Bathsheba, but God used Bathsheba to birth future leaders in the kingdom of God. 
How about the the harlot Rahab? How about her family? We think about Rahab. How about those those Hebrews that went into that city? There was there's just so many. We could go on and on and on this morning about the not so notable and not so mentioned people that were in the perfect plan and will of God. So in God's infinite wisdom, he chose to use the most unlikely people in the most in the most unsuspecting people, they had no idea, in the most unlikely circumstances and situations to accomplish his work. Today, in this day, we have professional athletes that are chosen to be on pro teams. They call it a draft. You all heard of that, right? The NBA draft, the NFL draft, and they they go out to all these colleges and they scout and they pick the best of the best and they have these these drafts. You get a draft pick number and you, you get drafted to a team and and it's supposed to be an indicator that you are the top tier, the best of the best. And people get into all that stuff, and they, it's important to them who gets selected to be on what team, and it, that's going to determine if that team gets gets to have a Super Bowl bid that year or whatever. And so those those kind of things we do in the natural, right? And they even do it in colleges. They go to the you know, high schools and they recruit the best of the best out of the high schools all over this country. Right? Not everybody gets to be chosen to be the best of the best. They might try to go play for one of those teams, but but some of them are, they stand out from everybody else, and so they get selected. And they get, they, they get to be on these teams, and they get to have these scholarships and all these things. What about the guys that, that played in those games that didn't, that barely got honorable mention, but they were on the defensive line? They were blocking. They were tackling. But you never hear their name. But they had a role. They had they had a, they had a part in the in the bigger picture, you might say. But these special ones, they were chosen. Like that finger grabbing that chest piece. God chose us. He chose those people. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's got a will. He's going to bring it to pass. And he's going to use whoever he chooses and decides to use to accomplish his will. Is he not? God alone is in control of his plan, and he's in control of our destiny. What do you mean by that, brother? Do you? What I mean by that is he's already got a plan. You know, the Bible says that he predestinated us. Now, what does that mean? Only certain people get saved and other ones don't? No, that's not what that means. God has predestinated it for every soul because the Bible says every soul belongs to him. And like I can't remember that guy's name that was here, but we all have a divine appointment. We're going to make that appointment. You're not giving out of it. Whether you serve God or whether you don't serve God, whether you serve him half-hearted, or whole heart. Well, no matter what, you're going to have that divine appointment before you're making it. You're not getting out of it. Nobody's getting out of it. Right? 
And so he is in control of our destiny. We are a part of his plan. He didn't just willy-nilly just say, you know, anybody ever played played kickball in school? On the playground when they started kicking teams, right? Right? And it, it gets down to the last couple of kids, and, you know, I, I look back at that now, I'm like, something wrong with them kids? Why nobody wants them? God, we'll take if we have to, right? Right? Man, I was hoping that other guy would take Do you remember that? I'm probably stirring up some bad, bad things. <laughs> but that's the worst feeling. And there's people, there's athletes like that, that, that I could mention their names. That were that kid who didn't amount to nothing in grade school. They couldn't play. They couldn't make a basket for, to save their life in high school. And they could barely do it in college. But don't you know that a guy like Michael Jordan just took everybody by surprise? And he set standards and he set records and he, he was the standard maker. A guy like that. Right? He had no hope of doing, going anywhere, doing anything professionally when he was a younger kid. But sometimes God has plans that we don't see. God had plans for Joseph that nobody could see. And it didn't dawn on him until they were bowing before him. Who he was and all that had happened and, and how he handled that meant a lot. Because they were afraid he was going to just, he's going to get his just, they're going to get their just desserts now because of all this stuff they did to him. But what did he say? God meant it for good. Don't worry about it, brothers. I'm not going to come down hard on you. God placed me here so that there would be food for you and for the people of God. Judas was one of those chosen disciples that, that walked with Jesus. Talk about being chosen. Wouldn't that have been cool? Being chosen as one of the twelve? But you know, we have to decide if we're going to get in, kind of get on God's timeline. If we're going to, we have to decide if we're going to seek after God's plan for our life or if we're going to try to plan our own life. We're going to try to run our own life. Why do you think that the Bible says that we are not our own? That we're bought with a price. We don't want to be that guy with the one talent. Right? Because God has given us talents. He has given us opportunities. He didn't just call you so he could plant you on a pew somewhere. I'm sorry to have to tell you that. But he did not call us to plant us on a pew somewhere to to set us on a bus a, a bus seat somewhere and wait for the bus to get to heaven. That is not what he called us for. We have everybody raise your hand or don't raise your hand. We have a purpose. You have a purpose. God didn't just call you willy nilly and say, "I don't know what I'm going to do with him. Just sit over there until I figure it out." It's not what he's doing. You know, it's not like the military where we got too many captains. We got to let some go. It's not like that. 
God has a purpose for you. You might be sitting there saying, well, what purpose does God have for me? Well, I can't do this, and I can't do that. Can you open your mouth? Can you pray? You can do something. We need more people praying. And don't say what you can't do. What, what, did, what did Moses tell God? I don't know. I'm not very well. I'm not a good speaker. I stumble a lot over my words. All right, fine. I'll send Aaron with you. But you know what? I read in that Bible, and this... Is this just me, or did it seem like Moses was the one speaking when it was all said and done? (laughs) Right? Don't tell God what you can't do. And it's the, like I heard one preacher say, it's the most, the, the, the craziest sort of out of the, sort of, you know, just way out there stuff that he'll ask you to do that you'll say, I can't. He'll say, yeah, I know. That's why I'm asking you to do it. I don't want you to do it. I want me to do it through you. Just go there. I'll give you what to say. That's all he did for Moses. We are told, if we we could go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. We are told that that there's a five-fold ministry and that that it has a purpose. And he gave some apostles. Everybody can't be an apostle. Right? What if we were all thumbs? You know, we're the body of Christ. What if we were all eyes? What if we were all ears? That'd be weird. Right? The body has all these different important parts. Cut off your big toe and try to walk. You can't do it. It's what keeps you balanced. Right? Every part of the body is important. He said he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. What did, they, what did he give those for? What, were, what was their purpose? They had a purpose. It was for the perfecting of the saints. For what? For the work in the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Who's the one doing the work of the ministry and the edifying of the body of Christ? Saints. Who's when when James was in prison and when Paul was in prison, these were the pastors, if you will, the leaders. Who was who was handling things at the church? Somebody answer that. The saints. God doesn't see pecking order. He doesn't see. What do they call that in India? The caste system. We're all kings and priests. For the edifying of the body of Christ. What does that next verse say? Talk to to Booth person off guard back there. Amen. He didn't. We just heard Sister Linda talking about these, these, this missionary that's training these people. They're giving them their training certificates. To do what? 
to send them out? Do they have any experience? None. And they're going out and winning people and starting churches. We we don't have time in a country like like that. We don't have time to to jump through all the hoops and all the things. We got to get them out there. Get them trained and get them out there. What do you think the new, the church of the New Testament did? They 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 barely had the Holy Ghost, barely got baptized. They were already out, out and gone. From house to house, breaking bread and having fellowship with all the people. And the next verse says, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. There's nothing in between there. They didn't go to Bible college. They didn't go through any kind of training. Neither did the disciples on the day of Pentecost. When did they have any time to know what to do? When the day of Pentecost was fully coming, they all came stumbling out of that room, all speaking in tongues. When did they have time to, to prepare to know what to do next? They didn't. Peter just felt in the Holy Ghost to just get up and start speaking, and he did, and it just kind of went from there. Praise God. What did Paul said so many times in his writings? He said he called it the ministry that God gave me. He didn't ever call it his own ministry. He said the ministry that God gave me. Sometimes it probably felt like more of a burden than a ministry for all the things that he had to go through. I don't want to go into that, but he was beaten and bruised and left for dead and all those things and shipwrecked and all those things. Not what he signed up for, was it? You ever feel like that stuff's happening to you and you feel like you feel like saying, "I'm God, I didn't sign up for this." Has anybody watched the DVDs? You need to. They talk about this stuff. God's saying this. Trials and tests and struggles and difficulties and what did Paul say? But none of these things move me. Neither account myself, my life dear unto myself. It's not my own. God's in charge. If I'm not, if I'm not doing your will, God, please tell me. Help me get back on the right path here. Romans 11.29 says, The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Right? The amplified version of that same verse says this, For God's gifts and His call are irrevocable, irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once they are given. He didn't change His mind when He saved you. Oh, you know what? Sandy's not going to work out. I think I'll find somebody. No, he didn't say that. He called you, period. End of story. And he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. Does that leave anybody out in this room? Does that leave anybody out out there? Because I'm going to tell you something. God's got a call on the lives of people in this city that don't even know the name of Jesus Christ except as a curse word. 
They just haven't found their destiny yet. They just haven't found where they belong in the kingdom and on the timeline of God. And that's what we're for. We're, that's what the disciples were for. That's what those, the first church was for, to go out from house to house and help people find their destiny in God. They might not ever get their name mentioned. They might not ever preach at a conference. They might not ever, nobody will ever even know their name. God's going to know. Because it's not about who you are. It's not about name recognition. It's not about all this stuff. Don't let anything distract you from what God has called you to do. David let himself get distracted. Other men of that God used mightily, let themselves get distracted. Abraham almost let himself get distracted, and his father-in-law said, Hey, you can't do all this by yourself, Abraham. Appoint some people as elders and let them be the ones to do all the counseling. You can't do this. You'll wear yourself out, Abraham. Moses. (laughs) Right? You get the point. None of us was an accident. None of us. We weren't haphazardly chosen. And now God's going, well, I don't know, I got him on my team, now what do I do? Right? The devil will try to make you feel like that. He will. I'm telling you. I know from experience. You know, they used to, back in the old days, in the Bible days, when they had grain, they would some of it they would store in big jars and bury it in the grass. They wouldn't throw it again or anything. Did you know that? They would save it. When they, it's been determined recently that they found some of those jars with some of that grain seed still in it. They were sealed so well that they actually took the grain seed out and planted it, and wouldn't you know it grew. So what if God's just put you in a jar and made you wait? We never think of that. Well, God's called me. He should put me to work right now. Well, you got a neighborhood. What are you doing? I mean, knowing that doesn't mean I just get out of having to do anything. Well, I'm in the jar. Sorry, the rest of you got to work. No. I still got to reach my neighbor. That's what they did in the New Testament. They went from house to house, from their from their neighbors, the people they knew. That's how the the word got spread by word of mouth. They didn't hand out Bibles. They didn't have them. Most of them couldn't read. It was all by word of mouth. First Peter two seven through ten says, "Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious, but unto them which are." which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient. Whereunto also ye were, they were appointed. But ye, everybody say me, you are a chosen generation. You're a first round draft pick. Think about that. God chose you on the first round draft. Right? We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. We're a peculiar people that 
that we should show forth the praises and the which is the virtue, the goodness, the manifestation of his power of him who hath called us out of satanic darkness. Because you know the Bible says Satan keeps them bound at his will. And that son such were some of you, right? We were all in darkness at one point. But we left we, we came out of darkness into his marvelous light, didn't we? Which in past times were not a people, but now are the people of God. Which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. God didn't choose you to set you on a bench to be the water boy. Okay? He wants He wants us busy about his business. I can't save anybody. Can you? Look at the people in the New Testament when the first church began. It never did say they saved anybody, did it? What did it say? And the Lord had to the church. What did Jesus tell his disciples when he was asking them those questions about who do, who do you say that I am? What did he say to Peter? Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will... What did he say? I will build my church. He didn't say, you guys will build my church. He said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So if the Lord builds the house, but if those that try to build it on their own, what does the Bible say? They labor in vain that try to build it. It's not our job to build the kingdom. It's his job. Our job is to preach the gospel share the love of Jesus Christ. I'm not I'm telling you something right now. Those people that were in here, they felt something. I don't know if any of them said anything. They probably said something to themselves <clears throat> privately when they got back in those vehicles and drove away. But I'm gonna tell you right now they felt something in here. They can't explain what they felt. But who knows what, what just happened? Does does God do anything by accident? Not one thing. He wasn't surprised when the sun came up after two weeks of gray. He wasn't. This is his. It's his sun. He can do with it what he wants. Or his clouds. He can move in whichever direction he wants. We're his people. He can do with us whatever he wants. Right? Well, that's up to you, isn't it? But you have to decide if you want to let God use you or not. Just because he saved you, you can just make up in your mind, I'm going to... God prompted me to minister this to let you know that you're still on God's way. Here's a map of your life.
Ted Johnson pick is that anyway on top of ours. We got to see if we see a few match questions. And the question we have to ask ourselves is what we're doing matches what he's expecting us It might not seem like much. You might not ever get your name mentioned. But if you're just greeting your neighbor, Something better than a vacuum. You got something, and there's hungry people out there that want this. There's ones that don't. That's their story. I'm encouraging you all today.